0: Well, welcome to the Marty Mento Show Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Mento, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. Music for the Marty Mento Show is provided by that Christian parody band called Apologetics. Check it out online, apologetics.com. Last three letters, T-I-X, that's apologetics.com. So, yeah. What the script to you show you take the wrong way home well it has been a while and I was wondering whether or not I would be back sure in birth. the captain's chair scared, but, but due to some uh, mechanical difficulties you that uh, you know over the years I've been so used to being blessed of having engineers and uh, those producers and people who are able to help me in that area. Uh, this one has been a, a stinger to me because I could not figure out for the life of me what was wrong, uh, what was taking place with the equipment that I had. And uh, I've learned enough uh, along the way over the years to be dangerous. i got to be honest with you. I've learned enough to be dangerous. But I came to a point in place and began to realize, hey, listen, I can't get through this. Where I end up having to contact the company that, uh, you know, manufactures the equipment and they're like, they're rubbing their heads trying to figure out what in the world is wrong. Well, you know, when the people who make the equipment (laughs) don't have an answer, you're really in trouble. And that's why there has not been lately any new Marty Minto Show podcast. And I do apologize. I did, however, announce uh, that uh, this week we would begin the new shows again. We I believe we've come up with the answer. Now, unless something else happens, which I pray to God it doesn't, um, I think we have rectified the problem, and we're back on track. But I can tell you right now, it has been a, a hair-puller one of an issue here. It's, it's just been, and I don't have many hairs upstairs to pull. But, but finally, we were able uh, to accomplish uh, what needed to be accomplished, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, I'm grateful to be back on the air, and I am so glad wherever you're going to be listening to this podcast, at home, in the car, at work, at play, wherever that may be, uh, I'm delighted, and it is a privilege to be with you here on the Marty Bento Show. Uh, We began a brand new series, a a series that is very dear to my heart, very important, entitled How to Study and Understand God's Word. And um, last time I kind of set the stage, and today we're really going to get into it, but we're going to look at one specific issue of why this um, series is really of great value to all of us. And you know here on the Marty Minto Show, there's three priorities, three things I try to do my best each and every time I open up the mic and I record this podcast, and that is first of all for all of us to learn God's Word together. Uh, we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman, um, you know, who's able to rightly divide God's Word. And I, you know, it really, it means in the Greek to cut it straight. You know, we, we need the truth. We need the pure milk of God's Word. and But our approval comes before God, so we have to be men and women who study the Bible, And I've already talked about this, we'll talk about more in in days coming, but there's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And we should be students, disciples, pupils uh, of Jesus Christ. We should be studying God's Word. The second thing in the priority is, by doing so, we're able to teach other people. Because there are people that um, all around us uh, who have questions, and we must be able to give them the answers. And the way that we do so is by studying God's Word, then we're able to teach others. And last but not least, we're able to defend the truth. We we call it in theology apologetics. Uh, we're able to take when someone speaks, someone teaches, someone brings about their own thoughts, opinions, views that are wrong. They're not biblical. They're not from God. We're able to take the Word of God and, and just make that crooked road straight and tell them, listen, that's not what God's Word says. That's not the truth. This is the truth. So we're able to take God's Word. We're able to correct people. Sometimes we have to rebuke them, but we are really taking God's Word to help them to understand. We're using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, uh, to engage in what we would call spiritual warfare in the world in which we live, because Obviously, the enemy doesn't want people to know the truth, and um, in a day and age in which we're living, there are so many people believing so many things, even those who claim to be Christians, and a lot of this false teaching, if not most of it, is coming from within the visible church. That is going to be the difficult um, task that we have living in the last days. And I've heard this before, and I hear it I really almost, I want to say on a weekly basis. But I hear people say, well, that's what I believe, you believe what you believe. It doesn't make a difference what you believe or what I believe. What matters is what God has said. That's what matters the most. And that's why this podcast is of the utmost importance. So this series here, I'm hoping is going to really help you help you to grow and understand. See, that's my, the, the, really the first key to me doing this series, because I don't want anybody to think I'm going to be, get preachy here and just that's going to turn into kind of a preaching podcast. But I'm hoping to help you to grow and mature in Christ. I, I want to be able to equip you, and I know that's one of the things that is not being done today in the visible church the way that it should be. Now, there are, there are exceptions to the rule. There are churches out there that are equipping the saints of God, the believers. But I would say in my own personal experience, the majority of them are not. They're not equipping the sheep. They're not equipping the the sheep to go into a world um, that is just filled uh, with relativism, a world that hates them, a world that's speaking and proclaiming lies, a world in some cases, if not many, are dressed up they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. They'll even claim to be Christians. But for us individually, it should be a desire of ours to grow spiritually. Last time we talked about that passage that we find in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, that we are to, to long for, we are to yearn for the pure milk of God's Word. And the reason why we are to do so is because then we are able to truly grow. We're able to become all that God wants us to become. And a lot of people just don't understand that uh, and, and the importance and the necessity of that. And actually if I said second Peter, it's first Peter. First Peter chapter two, verses two and three, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. See, we are to grow. We need to grow. We, 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 we need to mature because we are truly um, desiring to become more and more like our teacher, um, who is Jesus. It's enough, the Bible. God says it's enough that we become like him. We're not going to be greater than him ever. But it's enough that we become like him, so we need to grow spiritually. Second of all, I find a lot of people, when it comes to their faith, they lack security in their faith. I'm getting ready. I've been asked to go and to speak in two different churches in the upcoming month, and I'm looking forward to opening the Word of God and breaking bread with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I look forward to that, and I am excited about it, and I have been really pouring myself into um, a particular passage in the Scriptures that I'm going to be teaching on. But I I began to realize that when I study God's Word, one thing that is of the utmost importance for all of us is that we have an assurance, a security in our faith, and our the object of our security is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to have that security. Well, in a day and age in which we live, with all kind of things being said and taught and believed by people, uh, it is not very difficult to be swayed or to find yourself bouncing around like uh, by all the waves of doctrine that's out there. It's kind of like if you you know if you ever take a plastic raft or a tube, and you've been out in the ocean, and it's got loose from you, and all of a sudden it starts going out, and it bounces up and down, left and right. It goes everywhere by every wave that hits it. And there are some people whose spiritual life becomes like that. It's because they are inundated everywhere they turn, from family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, uh, from on TV, from radio, whatever it can be, even podcasting. Um, that people are telling them things that are just not true. And so they're finding a lack of security in their faith. But I I really believe by going through this series, How to Study and Understand God's Word, we are going to find security in what we believe. We're going to know what we believe and why we believe it. Those things you're going to hear me repeat a hundred times, if not a thousand times, during the series. Know what you believe, and why you believe it. You heard me say this before. We don't want secondhand theology. We don't want to. We want want to hold on to something because our parents told us, the pastor in the pulpit told us, uh, you know, because we read it in a book of our favorite author, because we watched it on TV, we heard it on radio or in a podcast. We want to know it to be true because we have studied the Word of God for ourselves. We know what we believe and why we believe it. And last but not least. We need to really be able to come to a point in place, as I've already mentioned just a little bit, not being led astray. In the last days, there is a picture that is very frightening, and here's the picture, that many will be led astray. They will fall away from the faith. Now, we could sit here and talk about where they saved in the first place and all that stuff, and I understand that. But what we see is a picture of people being led astray. And I am convinced today that there are many who are being led astray. And it's because of the problem of false teachers within the visible church. And and I guess we could just place it underneath the heading of deception. Um, The Bible tells us, God tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, I knew that 2 Peter would come in there eventually. I, I got it wrong before it was 1 Peter and the other one, but this one is 2 Peter chapter 2. I want you to understand what Peter tells the believers that he is writing to what's going to happen in the last days. He says, "...but false prophets also uh, arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves." And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. So here we have the problem that we're going to face in the last days, like never before, and that is deception. False teachers, but they're going to be within the church. That's the problem. Within the visible church, uh, they're going to bring about damnable and destructive heresies. They're going to teach things that are not true. They're going to create things um, that are not from God. What they're going to do—I I really believe this because I've seen this, I've witnessed it for myself— it's happening in leaps and bounds today. There's a lot of twisting of the Scripture— uh, twisting it so that someone can take what they want to bring to others as the truth. But again, when they're when they're tweaking it, they're twisting it, um, they're taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there. They're adding to the Word of God. They're taking away from the Word of God. They're taking a half a sentence here, a half a sentence there. They're taking a word over here and a word over there. They're twisting, they're, they're creating this hodgepodge this belief system, saying it's from God. And by the way, this is going to be one of the things that you and I have to be very careful of. They're going to use the Word of God. They're going to use the Bible. I've been saying this for years upon years, ever since truly Christ saved me. I began to realize that the devil did the same thing with Eve in the garden. Um, You know, a half-truth is not a truth. But if you take some of the truth— a portion of it, and you mix it in with untruths, the truth of the matter is what you're going to come out as a result is not going to be true. It's not going to be good. Just like Satan led truly Eve into temptation. Now she herself, we we can't take away from her responsibility within her, she saw the fruit, it looked good to her, but she was listening to the words of what was being spoken or taught by the snake, the serpent himself, and see, that's what's so mind-boggling, and and it's so it's where the red flags need to go off today. When we're reading things in books, so-called Christian books, when or spiritual books, when we are listening on radio or on watching on TV, um, we need to have a Bible with us. I know for some people that was like, you know, wow, you need you're going to carry around a Bible. Well, I don't know about you, but I do. Everywhere I go, I have a Bible with me. Very seldom do I not have a Bible with me. And especially when it comes to hearing something, listening to something, I want to be able to make sure what is being spoken is true. Uh, Because I'm greatly concerned that if we don't do that, we are going to truly be led astray. We're going to find ourselves going down a corridor, down a road, that leads to a dead end. In some cases, can lead to destruction. It will shipwreck our faith. But again, this, these damnable, destructive heresies are going to be brought about by the false teachers within the church. They're going to even at times deny that Jesus is truly the Christ, the Son of the living God. They're going to deny his lordship, deny him being master being the sovereign one, the one that we are to become like, the one that we are follow, the one that we are to listen to. Uh, a lot of things are going to be, matter of fact, I was just reading this today in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 uh, verse four. We end up believing in another Jesus, and then another spirit and another gospel. And what happens is, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, "You, you bear with this beautifully." You're willingly—you accept this, and you shouldn't be accepting it. That's why today we have so many Jesuses in our world today. And I, there's only one true biblical Jesus who truly is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But in American Christianity, we've created many different Jesuses. Different cultures have created a different Jesus other than the biblical Jesus. And, and so— they begin to teach things that are not true about Jesus, about him being Lord, about him being master, about him being in charge, uh, being the Son of God, etc. Then we know from the passage here that, uh, you know, their lasciviousness or sensual ways, uh, their covetousness, they're going to be greedy, um, and um, they are going to be within the visible church. Matter of fact, Paul wrote to, first, uh, wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.3 uh, that these men within the Church will be teaching what he calls strange doctrines, or traditions of men. And, and the traditions of men really come up to be what you know, how you interpret things, how you perceive things, how you take it, or, or you've created something by twisting the Scriptures to, to make a doctrine or something you wanted, you, know, you want people to believe. What we're going to learn here in this series is we can't do that. When we begin doing that, we're in trouble. And listen to this. This is very important. Scripture always molds doctrine. Doctrine doesn't mold Scripture. Scripture always molds doctrine. So, in other words, we shouldn't approach the Bible uh, by bringing our own beliefs or our biases to the table— but instead, we have to come desiring to know and believe what God tells us, um, and, and that is something we're going to get into too. And there's a lot of people who do that, and that's why we hear all the time, "Well, that's what you believe, and that's what I believe, you know." So we'll we'll agree to disagree, and we'll be okay. No, we're not going to be okay. What does God have to say? I heard a story uh, just this past week. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but there was a Bible study being held at a couple's home. And the couple, from what I am, know about them, they're very solid uh, biblical Christians, they love the Lord, and very solid in the Word of God, and they are the ones who are hosting this Bible study. And the husband, as he is teaching um, in the Bible study, there was someone who objected to what he had said. And he says to this person, "I don't know how you could object to that. That's what Jesus said." Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> and I apparently it got very awkward in this Bible study, and, and and the, you know the the gentleman who was teaching it just said, "Listen, we can't make Jesus say what we want him to say. We can't take away." Uh, what we don't like, what Jesus says, we can't add to Jesus' statements. I mean, you know the the typical thing. He was trying to be very loving and gracious towards this person. He says we just can't add. This person says, "I don't care what you say or what Jesus says. I don't believe this. I'm not accepting this. I'm done." And apparently, they walked out of the Bible study, and so far have refused to you know entertain any conversation from the leaders or anyone within that particular church and, and has vowed not they vowed not to come back and i think to myself you, you you know this is the type of thing that we are facing today um you know somebody wants to believe what they want to believe and they are determined that that's what it has to say or they don't like a particular passage and, uh, you know, what happens is people just, they take their stand, but the stand that they're taking is not on solid ground. It's on sinking sand. Um, and, and this is something that uh, recently, I, you probably have read these stories that are out there. You know, a lot of people are trying now to jump into the race uh, when it comes to the, the next race for president. And a lot of Democrats have already joined in uh, across the United States, and they want to be a part of uh, this race. So many of them are just against, you know, our President Donald Trump, um, you know, and they're just outraged by some of the things that he has said and done. So, bottom line is, they want to come out against him, and they think the way to do so is obviously to run. Uh, for the potential of being the president or the next president of the United States of America. Well, when I I hear some of the things that are out there, there's a there's a particular young guy. He's a mayor, who apparently is involved in a homosexual relationship, who has attacked Vice President uh, Mike Pence and his Christianity. Which why I'm telling you this is because. He believes Mike Pence's Christianity is not a biblical Christianity. however, he believes that his involvement with another man in a homosexual relationship is okay and he Mike Pence and others out there who are homophobic whatever else you know how whatever he wants to classify them, they just don't understand and they really don't see God for who God is and understand his word. And I think to myself, there's a prime example. But see, the truth of the matter is, homosexuality is sin. It's sin against God. And I know quite often it comes up, and a lot of people don't want to get into it, but it is a part of the the mainframe of what we are dealing with today, not only in a world in which we live, but especially within the visible church. Because we have those who claim what they would call gay Christianity, which is an oxymoron. But again, you have a guy telling others, and you have people agreeing with this young guy and saying, I agree with you. I think it's okay. You know, as long as you love someone and you, you know, you keep in that partnership, there's no reason why. Who should be able to tell you that that's wrong and you can't do that and you shouldn't do that? And bottom line is this the one who can and the one who does is God Himself. God's word is truth. And so we go to God's word, we learn how to rightly divide it. And then we stand upon his truth. But there's other passages, of scriptures, too. You you have places in the book of Galatians where uh, men are proclaiming a false gospel, another gospel already talked about. You you have in 2 Corinthians, Paul, during Paul's day, there were people, uh, men who were false apostles. They were known as super apostles. Uh, Paul again writes to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 talking about those imposters within the church those who seduce people. Uh they will go from uh bad to worse. There's the key, deceiving and being deceived in 2 Timothy 3:13. Uh and, and there's so many others. Uh, they are imposters. Uh they're the ones who f- false teach or or excuse me teaches They teach falsely. They they tell people what is not true. Uh, By the way, there is a difference between someone who teaches falsely and a false teacher. Now, a false teacher is really a worker of the enemy himself. But one who falsely teaches is not necessarily a false teacher. I know that may sound strange, but it may be what they're teaching may not be being done on purpose. It may be because they don't have a good grasp, knowledge, or understanding of a particular passage or topic or doctrine that they're teaching. That's why I really believe when we see James, I think it's James chapter 3, James warns people, let not many of you become teachers, because you'll be held to a stricter judgment. Here's the key. When it comes to teachers, God is the one who gifts—God uh, the Holy Spirit gives the gifting to men to be teachers of God's Word. Teachers are part of the structure of the Church, and um, they are going to be held to a stricter judgment. I've said this for years, whether it be on Christian Talk Radio, whether it be in pastoring the Church, teaching a Sunday school class, during, you know, conferences and workshops, whatever, someday I'm going to give an account for what I've taught. But if you've truly been gifted in that area of teaching by God the Holy Spirit, you know how important it is to you to make sure what you're teaching is true, is right. And you don't want to tell somebody something based upon your own opinion, your own you know feelings, or something you heard from somebody else. You want to make sure what you teach is accurate. You want to rightly divide. Um if not, as a true biblical teacher, you wouldn't teach them. You'd have to study longer, you'd have to study and, and go, and you, you, you'd really have to dig in and gain a greater grasp and understanding of what you're going to teach other people. You can't just flippantly do it. It's not just like saying like it's like riding a bike or t- teaching somebody how to write their name. Not that those things are not important, but we're talking about the souls of men. We're talking about life and death. We're, we're talking about that which matters to God and could really bring great destruction and devastation in someone's life or many of people's lives. So, so we have the deception and, and what we need more than ever before, and I really believe this, we need discernment. We need to discern, we need to really be able to recognize that which is not of God, that which is not true, versus that which is of God and that which is true. Um, And again, in the last days, you have many people around you who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. In other words, the Holy Spirit's not within them. They're not bearing fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I've told people this for years. What I have learned, and hopefully this will be helpful to you, is you learn to watch and listen. You don't have to say anything. Watch and listen, because whatever they say comes from within. And if it is accurate and it's biblical, you should have your Bible. You should be able to say, okay, you should be able to listen to them and realize what is being said and done there. Same thing with watching. Watch the way they live their lives. Watch the example. Paul always writes this to the churches that he writes to about the fact that he, he was before them as an example to Christ. Um, he told those at Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, there should be demonstration in someone's life that truly they are a man of God. It's not just because they proclaim to be but there should be evidence to back that up that's why jesus said you'll know them by what by their fruit but in the last days we really need discernment we need to demonstrate we need to be able to as it tells us in the book of first john chapter 4 verse 1 first john chapter 4 verse 1 beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. When we talk about testing the spirits, we're testing really the teaching. We're testing what is being proclaimed by these people. What is being believed, what they're sharing with other people. Don't believe every spirit. Don't believe it. I told people this for years, and I I still do. When, When I'm up in the pulpit and I am preaching, I'm teaching the Word of God, have a Bible, have it open. If you have questions, come to me. If you disagree with me, come to me. Let's reason together. Because it's not, Thus saith Marty. It's, Thus saith the Lord. And what I should be proclaiming is the Word of God. Preaching the Word of God in season and out of season. Using the Word of God in such a way that would truly equip people that would correct the wrongs, that would rebuke those who are false, uh, that would encourage and strengthen and help guide people. And, and again, there's so much to this. And, and again, in this series, I'm not going to hit uh, every single you know, m- detail about this, um, but, but I, hopefully you get my point. People should be able to go to the teacher and say, listen, I, I just don't understand this here. Could you better explain this to me? Or I totally disagree with you here. In many cases, I've had that over the years, and I've had to tell people, you don't disagree with me, you're disagreeing with God. Because here's what the text says. Here's what it is. Matter of fact, here's the word in the Greek. This is what it means, because words have meaning. And I try to show people that, you know, once again, my responsibility before I open my mouth and teach anybody proclaim anything to anybody, I myself have to do the hard work. I have to study to show myself approved unto God. i got to take the time, which again is a real issue today, but again, we need to be able to discern. And we've already talked about this, so we, we, we know we're dealing with deception, so we have to be able to discern, but then we have to have a defense. We have to have an answer. We have to have a biblical defense in the day and age in which we live. I love what it says in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17, one of my favorite passages in all the scripture. But there was a group of people in the book of Acts chapter 17. Uh, they were known as the Bereans. They were from Berea. And the Bible tells us in Acts 17 11, that they were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Better educated, you know, we could look at a different aspects, maybe cultural-wise things were different, but um, they were more noble-minded. For they received the word with great eagerness—here's the key—examining the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Now, Paul's the one who's teaching them. But get this, they're not just taking Paul's word for it. They're examining the Scriptures each and every day. They're diving into the Word of God, making sure what Paul and them is teaching is true. And folks, I got to be honest with you. That's what we should be doing. Um, we we should be men and women who are doing this on a daily basis. We should be have a readiness or a willingness of mind, an eagerness to know what the truth is. We should be searching the scriptures daily. Um, Paul told young Timothy in Second Timothy uh, chapter three, and also First Timothy chapter four. Uh, that we should pay attention to our doctrine, our teaching. We should know what we believe and why. Uh, we should know the Holy Scriptures. Uh, this is of the utmost importance. Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten verses three through six, Paul writes to those at Corinth about spiritual warfare and what our weapons are, and those weapons that we use in the church, which are spiritual. This is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. In the book of Hebrews, a writer writes to them in chapter 5, 11 through 14, that they had become dull of hearing. Uh, They were spiritually lethargic. They should have been teachers by then. They should have been mature, but they were still immature babes, unskilled in the Word of God. So these things uh, I bring to your attention, and I know that in some way, shape, or form— I have read through these kind of quickly, but again, I am not really doing a preaching series, and I am not going through the whole entire um, lecture or a conference, seminar, whatever you would want to call it, uh, every, every single you know thought, everything that was written down, but I'm giving you enough, I believe, to take and to use it um, for um, your benefit, for God's glory, and in God's honor. And you need to be a student of the Word. You need to study. You need to study no matter who you are. And and I love a a book. It's sitting here in my library. It's by the late um, R.C. Sproul, Dr. R.C. Sproul, one of my favorite Bible teachers. So funny, when I first got saved, I didn't know how to deal with him. I thought he was a little boring. (laughs) I didn't quite grasp because he's, you know, it's kind of deep. But as I grew and as I learned, I began to realize uh, just not only how deep, but how accurate and how wonderful a Bible teacher he truly was. But he wrote a book, one of his last books he wrote, called Everyone's a Theologian. And that's the truth. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, you're a theologian, and you should be studying God's Word. You should be in the the sacred scriptures. You should be learning them uh, so that you can teach others so that you can truly bring about a, a defense. You can defend when God's Word is being proclaimed inaccurately and people are saying things and believing things. And I, Again, you're going to hear me say this quite often. Um, and for some of you out there, you're thinking, well, that's for the pastor. That's for the Bible teachers. You even said earlier, Marty, those who are, you know, have been equipped by God, the Holy Spirit. But we all have been equipped by God, the Holy Spirit. All of us have a responsibility and a privilege to proclaim the gospel, God's holy word word to a world that is lost. It's our responsibility, yet our privilege. And I could tell you right now, if you start digging into God's word, you start taking of that pure milk, you start chewing on that meat as you grow, um, you will find such refreshment. You will be just overwhelmed. You will come to a point point in place where, just like every day you have to have physical food for your body, you'll want the Word of God spiritually. Trust me on this. I'm not making this up. You will. You will fall more and more in love with your Lord, your Savior, your Master, your King Jesus. You will recognize what God has done for you and such magnitude by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. And then on the third day, raising Him again to life. All these things will become so so monumental in your life because you study the Word. As you continue in His Word, you're hearing from God Himself. You are truly being blessed, and that is what we need today. You know, prayer is important. In most cases, people say, well, you know, we love to pray. We usually come to God with all these wants, everything we want or, and things we need, but we, we bring a list to God. Then I hear people say, well, we have to wait upon the Lord and listen, listen. And some people want to believe that there is some, you know, whisper going to happen, or somebody's going to say something. God's going to say something audibly from heaven. But here's what I believe. I believe we go to the Lord in prayer. And we we go before him, and we follow the example and the teaching of Jesus on how to pray as he taught his disciples. And we look at the examples in in the pages of Scripture. But when we want to hear from God, we need to open his word. That's right. When you want to hear from God, open his word. Be still. Read. Study. Study. Meditate. Take in. God's Word is just, well, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's that which brings peace, comfort, joy. It's that which satisfies. If you've never studied Psalms 119, I wow, I encourage you to do so. You'll be blown away about what the psalmist says about God's holy Word. And so I want to encourage you today, as we continue in this podcast series, I really hope and pray that you'll be blessed and that you will grow and you will become all that God wants you to be. And that simply is this, you'll be more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. Until next time, hey, listen, I'd love to hear from you. Email me martyminto at gmail.com. Until next time, may God's Blessing be upon you and your family.